The biggest hurdle between me and eating healthy, delicious meals for lunch is decision fatigue. Honestly, by the time lunchtime rolls around, I've already made like a thousand decisions from what my toddler should wear to how much I want to argue with her about how you have to brush your teeth in the morning, you know? <laughs> for sure, for sure. No, I absolutely agree. And like I have taken to doing meal preps or like buying a bunch of ready to eat meals to like heat up quickly. And I recently tried Factor. And let me tell you, Factor is like 12,000 steps above and beyond any ready to meet eat meal I have ever tried before. That's right. Eating better is easy with Factor's delicious ready to eat meals. Every fresh, never frozen meal is chef curated, dietitian approved, and ready to go in just two minutes. You'll have over 35 different options to choose from every week, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. And there are more than 60 add ons to help you stay fueled up and feeling good all day long. What are you waiting for? Get started and get after your goals. I tried the two-minute meals where I could fuel up fast with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to heat and eat wherever you are. And they also offer pancakes, smoothies, and more. There's a wide variety of easy options throughout the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. Plus, there's no prep and no mess. Factor meals are ready to heat and eat, so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup required. Factor is also flexible for your schedule. You can get as much or as little as you need by choosing your meals every week. Plus, you can pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. Factor is the perfect solution when you're looking for fast premium options with no cooking required. And you don't want to make any more decisions because you're exhausted, like me. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Factor is less expensive than takeout and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Head to factormeals.com slash justbreakup50 and use code justbreakup50 to get 50% off. That's code justbreakup50 at factormeals.com slash justbreakup50 to get 50% off. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG-13. Welcome to Just Break Up, the podcast about love, heartbreak, and all the relationship advice you don't want to hear. My name is Sierra DeMolder. And I'm Sam Blackwell. And today we're going to answer a letter from somebody whose friend's boyfriend won't let him see his apartment. But before we begin, we just want to give you our Surgeon General's warning, which is that Sierra and I are not licensed mental health practitioners. No, we have no idea what we're talking about. We're not professionals. We're not trained in any of this. So please take our advice as you see fit. We're only here to offer our humble musings to hopefully shed some understanding and maybe some laughs about the incredibly rewarding but mostly confusing experience that is love. All right. It's spooky season. Mm -hmm. um, so we are going to check in because it's Monday about ghosting. We used to talk a lot about ghosting at the beginning of Just Breakup. You know, this is year five. And now we talk more about the inevitability of suffering. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. That is the through line of our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Um, but we thought, um, since it is it is the season that we should we should go back to ghosting, review what we believe, what we've learned, um, and maybe talk about ways to avoid ghosting someone if if life leads to that. Um, <laughs> uh-huh. <Love laughs> you know that. what I mean? Like if you feel compelled to, um, we, I think I, I would probably start by saying that I have like a low, this is a no ghosting judgment zone. Like mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I've ghosted people, ghosting happens. There's literally a billion reasons why people ghost someone all the way from they don't want to talk to you anymore. So they, and they are emotionally immature and and incapable of sending a thoughtful text all the way to, you know, like their grandmother died or their phone got lost or they forgot or their life is imploding in some ways. You know, I think, I think the reason why I'm anti-judgment when it comes to ghosting is because of the myriad of reasons why someone will actually ghost, like is it's never quite as, personal as it feels to us, the recipient of ghosting, you know, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um, there's a, there's a million reasons why people ghost. Maybe they're just an asshole or maybe they're conflict averse and they had a ton of conflict in their childhood and Uh they don't want to fear your rejection or, or I don't know, or their, your anger or whatever. I don't know. But, uh, just because I don't judge people who ghost myself included, doesn't mean it doesn't fucking super hurt and suck. Yeah. And mm-hmm. is it feels so, when you're the recipient of it, it's like, it feels so avoidable and immature and, and like hurtful. <laughs> yeah. um, and so we get kind of stuck on the fact that like, you could have just sent a text or you could have just gave me a call or why, why couldn't you just be honest? You know, we get stuck on how avoidable it seems. Um, yeah. Yeah, those are my thoughts. Yeah, and you? I think also like many of us have different definitions of what ghosting is and also like what our responsibility yeah. to people are or like what our responsibilities yeah. to people are depending on how long we've been like engaged with them, right? Where it's like, you know, we get folks who are like, we were chatting on the apps and and they just ghosted me, right? Like they stopped responding to to me like, before we even met. Right. And then we have people who are like, I got ghosted after like three years of a relationship. <laughs> like <clears throat> they just like never called me That's and my they just style. disappeared from my life. Right. Like there's so many mm-hmm. different ways that like ghosting shows up. And also like, you know, some people feel a deep responsibility to like follow up with someone after a first date and say like, this isn't working for me. Like I'm not interested. And some people are like, I think it's rude to like tell somebody that you're not interested in them after one date, right? Like we don't owe that to each other, right? Like we don't, we can just stop communicating, right? And there's pluses and minuses to both of those ideas, right? And so I think also part of it is that we just have really, we're not working with a shared definition of like what our responsibilities are to each other throughout like particularly kind of like the early dating process where things are very nebulous and we're, we're not quite dating. We're just kind of seeing, we're chatting on the apps. We've been on a date. We've been on two dates. Like there's so many different ways that we can interpret what that means about our relationship and like what we owe each other. So yes, I love that word responsibility in in this context (laughs) because you're right. Like, a lot of people are going to say, like, I'm not responsible 
for a str- a, an essentially an est- a stranger's feelings. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and other people are going to say like, oh, I feel like I owe it to them to give them an explanation or, or whatnot. Um, I think that's a great word in this context. Um, I think in the past, we've also just reminded folks and ourselves really that even though it feels deeply, deeply personal, why somebody's not getting back to you, it has so much more to do with them and what's going on in their hearts. And even if it, even it, even if it is quote personal, like they didn't like you the way they thought they would, that's really about them and their desires and their, you know, interests and, and what they want to see. And I know it's hard to like, reroute that language in your head to say they didn't see they didn't see what they wanted in me you know it's so it's so easy for us to say that's about me that's about what I lack but Mm. it isn't it's about it's just about this person specific this relative stranger or whoever you Mm -hmm. know it's about whatever they have going on um and not and not what you do or do not bring to the table I know that's really hard to like internalize, but I think that's the, that's the core of why ghosting hurts is that because it feel it's, it's a form of react rejection. It is absolutely. And it, it is a, a particularly challenging form of rejection because there's ambiguity around it. Right. Like it's like, right. Are they going to, are they going to text me back? Are they busy? Like what's going on here? Right. So we're not getting a clear answer. And, and sometimes like that kind of like, you know, cuts by a, a bunch of different knives, yeah. like hurts more than just like being stabbed, right? Where it's like, oh yeah, that's yep. a good clean cut. Got it. As opposed to this yep. like fraying that that happens. And when somebody's ghosting and somebody is still really interested in the person who's ghosting. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's talk a little bit about some language or approaches we could take. If uh, we're feeling conflict avoidant, if we're feeling like ghosting and we maybe want to step up to the responsibility of communication or however we're talking about it. Um, Mm -hmm. What are ways in which you have avoided ghosting in your life when you didn't see a future with that person? Um, I mean, I think doing the hard thing of rejecting someone, right. Is, is really it. And and you can do it in a way that like, uh, that I think lots of us have probably been on the receiving or giving end of, which is just like, Hey, I don't really see this going anywhere. Right. Like you are, you're, you seem like a really great person. It's just not clicking for me. And so I don't think we should see each other anymore. Right. Like again, just kind of like, I actually love that language right there. I'm, I'm looking at an article right now with some other examples that I'll go, I'll go through in a second, but I love the language you just said, which is you seem like a really wonderful person. It's just not clicking for me because even the, and even the words clicking, like, you know, it's, it communicates it in a way that isn't about, you know, the examples I'm reading on this website are like, I don't feel like this is going anywhere romantically. It's like, oh, well, I, uh, you know what I mean? Um, and the other ones are like, I'm going through some personal stuff right now and I don't have time. Uh, I, I need time to work through it on my own. It's like, that's almost like, Unless that's true, um, that feels sure. like a outsized reaction or or whatnot. Um, just the idea of like it's not clicking for me 
again, mm-hmm. it, it pivots it to the person, the potential ghosty. Yeah, absolutely. Because that's what it is, you know, like most of the time, right? Is that it is just, it's not necessarily that the person's like a horrible person. And if they are, then like, feel free to tell them that. I don't care. But like <laughs> the, <laughs> like, but it's just like, oh, I'm not feeling it, right? That's the, the long and the short yeah. of it. So be honest about that. Right. And it's okay. Remember, like, it's okay to disappoint people. It's okay to not connect with everyone. It's okay to remember that not everyone is for us in the same way that we are not for everyone else. Right. Like, right. Exactly. The, the, the game of dating is about like trying people on for size and seeing what fits. And if it doesn't fit, yeah, like that's, that is an inevitability of this process of going out there and putting yourself in, in the type of position where you have to decide whether or not somebody is right for you. Yeah. And now here's the 2023 version of this conversation. I also want to add 20 years ago. What did I say? 2023. Did you? I thought you said 2003. Okay. never mind. You probably said 2023. (laughs) (laughs) I think I did. I don't know though. I'm very sleep sleep deprived. Um, You know, this time around, I also want to talk about like, so what if you get the text that is in, you know, replacing a ghosting experience, how to respond to it and what to do if somebody doesn't respond well to this ghost ghosting alternative text, you know, you just block them. Um. (laughs) (laughs) They're not wrong. Sam's not wrong. (laughs) Um, Okay. So, but uh, the, yeah, that's what I wanted to bring up. So so somebody sends you this text message and you feel really triggered. You feel really emotional. Your nervous system's all going wonky because, because you've been taught your whole life that you need to be what other people want you to be. Or you're really interested in this person and you're really disappointed. Do you need to be friends with this person? No, you no. do not. <laughs> also, if you're, if you're ghosting someone or if you're trying not to ghost someone, unless you really, really want to be friends with this person. Do not say I would still love to be friends though. (laughs) Yep. I know that that is like, that's like the, that's like the olive branch of, of early breakups, you know, honestly later breakups. I hate it too, because it's, it, it leaves the door open. It forces what might be a not natural connection. You know what I mean? Like, especially if you met specifically to date, Honestly, I hate myself right now, though, because it sounds so pessimistic. I Sometimes you're just better off being friends. But I think you need to, mm-hmm. like, you need to form that friendship a little bit more organically than, like, we're not, I don't know. Maybe I'm just jaded. I've been no, very jaded today like, so far. <laughs> I think just for me, every time somebody said that, I would be, I was like, we're not going to be friends. Like, I don't. <laughs> or anytime somebody's like, let me be your friend after we are no longer romantically connected. It's because I still want to be romantically connected. And then I'm giving them mixed signals by participating in this faux friendship. And that's just honestly, obviously there is potential for friendship out there with people who you are not well matched to date that exists. It totally does. It's just, I feel like we offer like the olive branch of friendship when we're breaking up with somebody because we feel like we kind of have to, and it's not, Mm It, most of the time, it's not the healthiest option. Yeah, you don't have to. <laughs> you you yeah. just don't yeah. have to. <laughs> um, okay, so you're you get the you get the non ghosting um, text message, and you feel really triggered by that. Here's another script. Thank you so much for your honesty. I hope you have a great day. Mm-hmm. Period. 
no engaging, don't have to explain anything, don't have to be I'm friends. Also, like, I'm okay with you, like, naming that you're bummed about it, right? Like, I'm okay with oh, you I'm being bummed. like, oh, yeah. man, that's a bummer, but I hear you, and I hope that you are well, right? Like, yeah. you, I think it's... You know why I, humans are so fucked up is because, like... <laughs> Why are we so they fucked up? Did, like, <laughs> this person who texted you this potential thing is the person who caused your pain, but they're not responsible for your pain. Do you know what I mean? They're not the one that you need to ask for comfort for right now. Do you know what I mean? And that's, yeah, absolutely. that's confusing. <laughs> it is confusing because you're like, oh, but you hurt me. Make it better, right? Like, right. make fix this. And they're like, actually... Uh, it's not my job to fix it. And then it gets all like weird and there's lots of tears and sometimes you like leave cupcakes at people's houses and whatever. So (laughs) (laughs) anyway, um, uh, last thing, if somebody doesn't receive your non ghosting text message, well, you've done your due diligence. You have gone above and beyond in that responsibility. You know, uh, that's when you don't need to respond to them anymore. Yeah, absolutely. We don't need to, we don't need to prolong this, Mm -mm. right? Mm -mm. The -mm. thing's been said. It's, it's, it's done. It's done. Yeah. That being said, I've, I've literally fucking never done any of this successfully. Like, so I have, (laughs) I have not, I just don't have a ton of successful dating experience other than like my current marriage. Uh, I feel like I spent like To be honest, like, I did a lot time. of growing up the last like seven years. <laughs> That's real. I also think that I spent like more time on the dating. apps casually dating than you yeah. did. So yeah. I, I think I had to like develop some skills around how to let people down and be let down, right? Like don't want to make it sound like I I was never ghosted or never like given the, the text about how it's not working. I have received many of those texts. Uh, yeah, I just ghosted people crushed their little hearts or had my heart crushed well you just like you read them poetry and then they fell in love with you and then they and then Then we went grocery shopping (laughs) you went grocery shopping on your first date and then you just disappeared from their lives and then they wrote poems about you and became successful authors i don't know who are you talking about (laughs) i don't know i'm not talking about anyone specific that's just my my narrative of what your life has been like all right All right, cool. Let's dive into today's letter. (laughs) Okay, let's do that. All right, so this letter comes from Housing Crisis, whose pronouns are she, her, who's writing from The Void. Hi, Sam and Sierra. I'm writing on behalf of my friend. Let's call him Tom. Tom has been seeing this guy, let's call him Kevin, for about two months now. Kevin seems really great, sensitive, kind, attractive, and career-oriented. Kevin and Tom live in the same city and hang out several times a week. However, the only problem is Kevin won't let Tom see his apartment. Kevin doesn't let close friends into his apartment either, so it's not relationship-specific. When Tom asked why he can't see the apartment, Kevin said that his parents didn't have people over much growing up, so he doesn't either. Kevin lives alone, so there's no potential roommate drama. Tom knows that Kevin lives in a studio, so he's not expecting something big and fancy. Tom and I have assumed the worst about the state of Kevin's apartment, hoarding, a dead body, etc. Before Tom can commit to this relationship, he feels like he needs to see his partner's place because how someone is domestically is important to be in alignment with. 
When Tom brings up the apartment topic, it seems like Kevin shuts down and feels ashamed. Tom feels like Kevin is putting up an emotional wall around this and he's not sure what to do. He doesn't want to push mm. for their boundaries and make Kevin uncomfortable. Tom isn't sure if this is a deal breaker or if he should be patient. Kevin told him to be patient. However, that was weeks ago and still no progress. Since seeing a partner's place normally happens within the first few dates and is usually not seen as a big deal, we don't know what to think of this. We would love to hear your humble musings. All right, my darling, thank you for listening and trusting us with this question. And it's like a surrogate question. So yeah. thanks to your friends <laughs> as well. Um, yeah, this is really uh, an, quite an interesting question. I don't think we've ever asked one like it, but no. it makes a lot of sense to me because, you know, humans are complicated. Shame is like our number one emotion, I think. And mm -hmm. um, and I'm not quite sure how I would react to the same situation. So I think Sam and I are going to muse a little bit about what this could mean to us, how we would navigate it, um, how we can extend curiosity and compassion to people out there before jumping to the dead body assumptions. <laughs> uh, but first, we're going to take a really quick break. All right, y'all know that Sam and I record every single episode of Just Break Up virtually. So I literally see this beautiful person on Zoom like multiple times a week. And every time Sam pops up into Zoom, I comment on their outfit. And I swear, like 99% of the time, I'm like, oh my God, that outfit is so cute. Where did you get it? Sam says quince. You too can upgrade your wardrobe with luxury essentials at unbeatable prices. Quince is here to transform the way you shop with a range of high quality items priced within reach. That's right. They have 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters for $50, organic cotton sweaters, washable silk tops, and timeless 14 karat gold jewelry. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middle person and passes that saving on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. Y'all have heard me talk about my leather bag that I use as both a laptop bag and a diaper bag. And I love it because <laughs> love it. <laughs> honestly, it looks really cute in every single circumstance that I use it. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash just break up for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E.com slash just break up to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash just break up. All right, head and heart workers, you know, I'm all about tackling our money shame and becoming fiscally empowered, regardless of how much money we make or how much debt we have. I think it's such a crucial step in our own self-acceptance and empowerment. That's why I love that today's episode is sponsored by Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. With Rocket Money, you can see all of your subscriptions in one place. And if you see something you don't want, you can just cancel it with a tap. 
You never have to get on the phone with customer service. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled unwanted subscriptions. And listen, we always talk to you about like conflict styles and open and honest communications, but honestly, save your energy and get Rocket Money to cancel those subscriptions for you. (laughs) Stop wasting money. You don't need to practice that. Yeah. (laughs) We don't need to do head and heart work with like customer service representatives. You know what I mean? Like just like... Use the middle person. (laughs) Just get Rocket Money in there to help you do what you need to do. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. That's rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. Rocketmoney.com slash justbreakup. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Okay, everyone, welcome back. Uh, apartments, they are, they're so weird, you know? Like, they're I think so when Liv- we- Living arrangements are weird. <laughs> no, absolutely. Like, I was just thinking about how, you know, I don't think we've ever talked about, like, living arrangements as, like, also being really unique to people and their, like, understanding of what is and is a- isn't appropriate about their living spaces, like, the reality of, like, living space- shame that we might have as mm-hmm, well mm-hmm. and and just like all of the multitudes of different ways that we have like different expectations of what it means to invite people into our space go into other people's spaces right like so many different ways in which we can get like our wires crossed because of like just different understandings of the world different experiences different identities all of this all of that good stuff um and so i like right I understand the impulse to jump to like, what is he hiding? <laughs> right. Which is like, right. uh huh. that sure, for sure. Yeah. I can totally understand, especially if you're in a practice of like inviting people over to your house or, you know, yeah. m- inviting your significant over other or sorry, your significant other over <laughs> within like the course of like two months. Right. I will say that I don't think Peter saw my apartment in the first two months that we were dating. Uh, Because that apartment that I was living in when I was with him was, there was a lot of different reasons why that was happening. One, it was like a very special place for me because it was the first apartment that I lived in on my own. Uh, It was important for me to like take care of it and like... And it felt like a safe space. You in had a like time a very safe routine in yeah. like you had built up a sense of self in that apartment. Yeah, absolutely. And I, it felt like a safe place in a time in my life where there was a lot of things happening that like felt like out of my control. Right. And I had this space and second, it was a shitty apartment. <laughs> like it was like, it was small. There was like not a lot of places to like hang out and do things. The bathtub looked like it was about to fall through the ground into the basement. Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. it was like, not like a super, it was not like a hangy outy apartment really. Yeah. Um, and like, and so I didn't invite 
Peter over. There are friends of mine who are like some of my closest friends who never saw that apartment, even though I lived in it for like three years, <laughs> right? Like they just, right. I just never had them over because it was. We were just I, saying before we press record that I think I literally saw that apartment twice. Yeah. I was, you know what I mean? Like, and I can vividly remember the one time. Yeah. <laughs> Not, not I remember two times. one time that you and our friend Merrick came over to it after we were yes, like, we were very blitzed. drunk and very sad. <laughs> we drank mimosas all day and, just and crying, we were like, just crying. Oh, we were so having, much. it was so cathartic. <laughs> <laughs> that was the most magical day of our friendship. I think um, it was a great, it was a great time. And then the, the, the second time I don't, I mean, I might just be making it up. <laughs> I don't, I don't remember. Um, Cause two times sounds better than one. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. like, uh, the fact that, you know, Kevin isn't like ready to show his apartment off is to me, like, is to me understandable, right? Like I'm not looking at this as yes. necessarily like a big red flag and being like, uh, Oh, what, what is he hiding? Instead? I'm like, oh, yeah, there are probably yeah. a lot of different reasons why he doesn't necessarily want to have Tom over to his apartment. And, and some of those are for sure concerning, right? Like maybe he does have a dead body in his closet or something, but like the vast majority of them are like, okay, I maybe like that sounds reasonable yeah. to me, right? Like, yeah. sure. We, we can jump to the conclusion of like the worst case scenario, or we can sort of be like, Hmm, I wonder why, right? Like what are some of the reasons why this person might be, might feel a sense of shame or a, a sense of like ownership over their living space that that may prevent them from wanting people to come into it. Yeah. I I really appreciate the opportunity to answer this question because the truth is if this was my dating experience and I and you know, I'm dating this person, they won't let me in their apartment. This is something that I would bring to Sam at happy hour. I feel like <laughs> they're not letting me see their apartment. Is that a red flag? You know, like it would wave some sort of fabric in my direction. Yeah. And also I would have to practice curiosity and compassion and tell myself that I don't want to, there, that there's a hundred reasons why this person might not be letting me see their apartment. The least of which being they're ashamed of it or they like their, you know, like, that is so understandable. Sam and I were laughing before we press record about like the shitty studio apartment that I once rented in Minneapolis that had a shared bathroom with uh. like uh, one other tenant. And that bathroom, we literally called it the murder bathroom because <laughs> it looked like a scene out of Saw. And I'm not, this is not an exact, it was it's like yellow tinted walls, it was... tons of like rust dripping down the wall. So it was like bloody. Like my dad came to visit me and he went to the store and he bought me a, a three pack of Clorox bleach wipes <laughs> because he's like, I just don't trust this bathroom. Like that's how fucking <laughs> questionable this murder bathroom was. That's real. Um, and I did. That apartment want, was so cheap though. <laughs> so um, honestly, the rent was like a $430 a month, <laughs> which is just wild. That's just wild. Uh, anyway, but you paid for what you got. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, uh, anyway, so I didn't want people that I was dating at that time to see that apartment until I felt a little bit more confident or comfortable in it. And actually, you know, the truth of it, now that I'm thinking about it, like, I don't know if there's like a, um, 
a, an economic disparity between Tom and Kevin. I was also thinking but about I that. I remember mm-hmm. showing, I let some people that I was dating see that apartment. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know what I mean? People that I felt like wouldn't judge me and would understand why I'm living in this tiny studio shithole. And then I remember this other person who was like older than me, had a real job, had a, like a nice car. I was like, there's no fucking way you're getting in this building. <laughs> Absolutely. There's no way. You're going to drive me off at the f- other corner. Do you know what I mean? Uh-huh. And so... Uh, and that's because I was ashamed and I was afraid of being judged. And most importantly, I didn't feel safe in that relationship yet to show all parts of myself, you know? For sure. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like I said, the honest truth is it would raise some flags. And by flags, I mean just like general wafting, <laughs> wafting of fabric in my direction. Sure, sure, um, sure. I would complain. I would qu- ask my best friend about it and be like, is this... Is this something? And then I would have to tell myself that I don't want to be a person who throws away a connection um, because of something like this. Granted, if you're asking somebody about it, you if you've been seeing them long enough and you know your the your friend says it feels like he's putting up walls around this, like that might be shame driven. But guess what? Some point in our emotional relationships, we're going to have to be vulnerable and we're going to have to, I guess if I was Tom, I would say to Kevin, like, um, you seem to get withdrawn when I ask you about your living space. I want you to know that I won't judge you. And if there's something there that's sensitive, I'm definitely open to hearing about it. You know, like, Inviting them in and like inviting them into a space where you say like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to judge your shame. I'm not going to judge your humanness. The other thing I want to say to your friend, Tom, about like living, cohabitating, being something that you want to know before, you know what I mean? That you, you like cohabitating compatibility or whatever. I think that's reasonable. And I also think that might be a little bit of like the cart before the horse sort of thing. And I I only say that because if you fell madly in love with this person and you grew a really deep and vulnerable and meaningful connection, and then they said to you, I have a hoarding issue or Mm -hmm. I have a shitty apartment and there's, you know, there's roaches and there's mice. I have a, you know, or whatever. Hopefully, I think you would be really invested in supporting and helping them and meeting them where they're at. And I don't want you to like dating is hard enough. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I don't want you to preemptively diagnose this relationship as incompatible because you don't know what the inside of his apartment looks like because you think somehow knowing what the inside of his apartment looked like would equal an awareness or a compatibility. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. And again, I I feel, I feel a little, I feel a little, mixed about this because it would be something that I would bring to Sam. If this happened to me, I'd be like, how do I handle this? How do I process this? And also I would hope that I could access this curiosity, this compassion and Mm. not get too caught up in it. You know, it's, it's a both situation for me. I think that that's right. And I think like, I don't think that Kevin is like a bad, sorry. I don't think that Tom is like a bad person for, for being curious slash concerned about this, right? Like, I, I think that yes. that's really reasonable and totally. understandable given that, like, it sounds like his experience is that, like, 
you go over to each other's apartments early on in the dating, right? And yeah. and I think Sierra's absolutely right that I would encourage you and and Tom both in this like situation to practice that curiosity, right? Instead of being like, what's he hiding? Instead be like, what can I understand more deeply about Kevin's experience so that I can understand why having people over to his apartment is different from my understanding of what it means to have somebody over to his, to my apartment, right? Like what can I, how can I ask questions? How can I open up to multiple different possibilities for things to be true at the same time? And, and how can I sit in this idea of like, we may just have different understandings of what this means about us, about our relationship. And let's talk about what it means for us rather than saying one of these ways is is right and one of these ways is wrong, right? Because there's yeah. there's yeah. lots of different there's lots of different understandings of this particular elements of a new relationship. Yeah, I love that. Uh, yeah, so thank you so much for giving us the opportunity to muse on this. Hopefully, it gives you something um, to chew on or to utilize in this situation. Um, I'm really curious to see how it turns out, and I hope it helps. Absolutely. Thank you so much for writing. And thank you to Tom for letting you write to us through you. (laughs) I love the choice to say it like that because like you could have just written in first person and we wouldn't know. We would not know. Y'all could be lying to us. We wouldn't know. (laughs) We would not know. That is really, really true. This is the epitome of the, uh, I'm asking for a friend, a friend of a friend. You know what I mean? Oh, absolutely. For sure. Yeah. Uh, all right. So all right. We love you. We, we love also you. love Tom. <laughs> we love Kevin. All right, everyone. We love you all. <laughs> we, lo- we love everyone. Everyone is worth love. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Worth you love. <laughs> Worthy of love. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, if you want more content from us, you can we always support devolved. us. We just <laughs> All right. You can Continue, always support sorry. us on Patreon. If you support us on Patreon for as little as $5 a month, you'll get an additional bonus weekly episode. That's patreon.com slash justbreakuppod. You can slide into our DM, send us your favorite relationship meme, but most importantly, you can submit your questions about all matters of the heart, or you can submit them for your friends at justbreakuppod.com, which is also where you can find our merchandise. Please remember to like, follow, subscribe, give us a five-star rating and review. This literally keeps our mics on and helps us reach more brokenhearted souls who need two random strangers giving them relationship advice. Just Break Up is a production of Duvid Media. Uh, original music, recording, editing, producing all magical things by our good friend Spencer Worth Davis. Make sure to check out his podcast. And remember, it is possible to have a reaction to something and then give ourselves the opportunity of a response. So if you feel triggered, if you feel judgmental, if you feel uncertain, you can have that reaction. You can acknowledge those feelings. And then you can give yourself the opportunity to have a more well-rounded, mature response. So instead of judgmental, you can be curious. You can be compassionate. You can be interested in what would make someone do X, Y, and Z. It can be both. And if all else fails, just break up. <laughs>